to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. And I'm Czar. Czar, happy 2023 to you. Happy 2023. We made it. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, we did, didn't we? We made it. Last three years, man. It's It's can been it, a ride. Can it get worse? <laughs> well, don't say that. <laughs> we'll get, no, I dare you, universe. I No, I'm just kidding. We'll get COVID-20. God's up there like, oh, this guy's asking oh, for This motherfucker. This guy's here. asking for it. Uh... But yes, we are now, I, I guess I didn't tell you this before the recording, but with the new year, I felt like it would be pertinent to go into season seven. So the first episode of season seven. That's honestly the way to do it is every year. You know, like when we first started off the podcast, it's just like, I just feel like making a new season today. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we got seven seasons now and like one through three, maybe have 21 episodes or something. But then like, there's a couple seasons that have like 70 episodes. in. Yeah. Them. It was just uh, like, what the fuck were we doing? I, we did not know how to make seasons or, you know, consumable content. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. We still <laughs> don't know how to make that, consumable content. That's the fucking truth. <laughs> All right. We've got a couple things to do today. Uh, number one, let's talk Smash Tournament. Yeah. Shout out to the Smash Tournament. That is happening this January in just a few short weeks on the 21st. Mm-hmm. At the Hale Varsity Club. So I've been posting the link a lot to Twitter to get yourself signed up. It's still there. Signups are still there. We're looking for a really good turnout to this thing. All right. It's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. If you can make it, make it to the event. Mm hmm. January 21st. Facebook and Twitter. Look for the info. Look for the sign up pages. Yep. It's very easy to do, and we're making it very widely available for basically anyone who wants to come. Yeah. All right, so what we're doing today is we're doing part two of the Game Awards, but of course, we need to start by talking a little bit about two things. Number one, what games are you playing and where's some new year gaming goals? Yeah, so I had a pretty busy uh, holiday break. I Well, not really a break, but I did a lot of gaming in there. Um, I mostly got through all of Pokemon Violet. Uh, just have a couple things to finish up there. I finished up High on Life, which okay. was kind of fun. Uh, I do have a lot of opinions about that game, though. And now I am just trudging my happy ass through Persona 5. I'm at like 80 Ooh. hours in this game. Damn, good for you. That's a pretty solid rep uh, repertoire. Is that the word? Um, yeah, sure. Why not? Those are good games. <laughs> <laughs> good games. All right. So you're going to have to give me a sec. Number one, how do you think? What do you think of Scarlet and Violet? I loved it. I a huge fan of everything they did. Um, did I tell you or did I tell you about the ending? Oh, it is. It's it's monumentous. It really is. It actually puts Pokemon in perspective. You know. So you took your sweet ass time to get to this point, but just so you know, I've got all my exclusives for you. Hey, to trade whenever you're ready. Yay! I need to figure out which are actually exclusive to each game so I can make sure I have all those. 
I was going to say that's the move. Don't worry about me because I've already complete the Pokedex. <laughs> <laughs> I've got everything I need. Flexing over here. Oh, yeah. Speaking of flexing, though, in my uh, holiday gaming, I reached my milestone that I set at the beginning of last year. You really hit that last second, didn't you? I, it was. It was like the day before the first. Um, I have reached 180,000 gamer score. That is Jesus Christ. 20,000 gamer score over the course of 2022. Now, for those of us who have had sex, how many bottles of Mountain Dew is that? Uh, 497. <laughs> new. But I mean, putting that even more into perspective, um, each game has about a thousand gamer score without DLCs or any other special content. That's pretty standard, right? Like every game offers like a thousand. Yeah. 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 About 50 achievements, thousand gamer score per. And so getting 20,000 in a year means I played at least 20 games to completion. Although, did you actually 100% 20 games, or did you do like 50% of a bunch of different games? Uh, it was more along those lines. I am a completionist, so I try to get all the, ch- the achievements that I can, but some are just not worth my time and going back and doing replaythroughs of a game. So I'd say maybe like four or five games out of that list I 100%ed, and then the rest were just built upon each other. Interesting, okay. Yeah, so I played a lot of games last year. All right, good for you, man. Yeah, How, how's your year gone? So, I I don't know. It's There's a lot that's coming up that I'm looking forward to, but at the same time, like I, I think something unfortunate, let me know if you agree with me, about the time we were born regarding video games, is a lot of people who were like getting into video games when it was first getting popular, they just had to worry about playing what was currently awesome and what's going to be awesome. Whereas for us, being born in the mid-90s, where gaming was really starting to pop off, you know, we had to worry about what was popular, what's going to be popular, but also playing classics. Oh, yeah. Because now we've got to go backwards. Absolutely. Like, playing Super Mario Bros. 3 at the same time as Super Mario Bros. 64. Exactly. Exactly. So, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm going a little bit backwards. I was so fucking enamored with the way that God of War uh, Ragnarok ended. I'm starting from the beginning. Oh, really? Yeah, and PlayStation offers every single God of War game, and it's like a game catalog if you do like their special service. So, I'm starting from square fucking one. Ooh, I bet that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be an emotional journey is what it's going to be. You know what? The thing that surprises me the most is how challenging old games are. Yes. Oh, my God. I went back and tried to play Turok on the N64 and just had a bad time. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Great game. It was a lot of fun, but God damn, old games are much harder. And I think that's just because we're so used to having a multitude of tools at our arsenal. Like, we have dozens of guns, we've got grappling hooks, and we've got everything for traversal. But then when you're just handed, like, a simple pistol and, like, you go through a shadowy area where only 20 feet in front of you illuminates. Right. It gets challenging. It's crazy. It really is. And God of War is no exception because those games were hard enough to begin with. I'm on medium and I'm getting my ass handed to me. Oof. Fucking Kratos. (laughs) Okay, so on top of that, um, I got Sonic Frontiers for Christmas. Nice. So I'm a little late to the party. Uh, but if you ask a, your standard Sonic fan, you can never be late to the party. <laughs> They're also wrong, but that's a Sonic fan for you. <laughs> so how is Sonic Frontiers? So far, so good. Um, 
I think they do the open world relatively well. There's plenty to do. Um, my biggest complaint so far is, you know, I've barely just gotten past some of the tutorial stuff, and God, so many boxes of just, hey, do this. It's not a very organic feeling, like, I love tutorials that are super organic, if you know what I mean. Like, they teach you how to do stuff as you're doing stuff. They don't stop you dead in your tracks and then, here's, uh, you know, have a bubble of, press A to jump, and then you uh, jump, and then you walk forward, and then you stop. Press B to attack. You attack, (laughs) and you walk forward a little bit. You can press B twice to do a double attack. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and you can't progress unless you do the thing it tells you to do. And, yeah. like, when you hit that press A to jump, you, like, literally can't move until you push the goddamn jump button. Yeah, Sonic Frontiers does that. Quite Oof, bit. that's such a old game mechanic. Like, just integrate tutorials seamlessly. It's also the first time they've done an open world game, so they were a little nervous. That's fair, but also how complex of gameplay does Sonic have? You got me there. Not at all. <laughs> like, does this really require a tutorial to make Sonic stop? No, and I mean, ultimately, because, you know, Breath of the Wild was the antithesis where it's like, you get no fucking tutorials. You are thrown in the world. Good fucking luck to you. <laughs> You're naked on a very high platform. Good luck. Good luck. No tutorials. None of that bullshit. They don't tell you how to cook. They don't tell you how to swing things. They don't tell you how to shoot. You figure it out. Yeah. You know? Opposite with Sonic. So, in conclusion, your games so far sound fucking dope. <laughs> and the things I'm playing kind of... Like God of War, I'm happy about. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's an amazing series. But also, it is old gaming. And the best part is you can blast through these games in like 10 hours. Oh, yeah. That was another... That was another very big aspect to old games is they did not take very long to complete and there was very little replay value. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like those uh, action adventure games I used to play like Jack and Daxter. Yeah. You know, or the God of Wars or Sly Cooper or you're absolutely right. Not a whole lot to go back to the game for once you've beaten it. So, all right. But enough looking back. Let's look forward and on the last note, I am going to set another goal for myself for 2023. 200? 200,000 gamer score. All right. Just a quarter of a mil, or a fifth of a mil. Well, you know, this is going to be another great year for gaming. We've already seen a lot of fantastic stuff, so I don't think you're going to have a problem hitting that goal. In fact, when we did our Game Awards episode last week, we are decided we wanted to do a two-parter. One, to talk specifically about how we thought of the awards and the recipients, and of course... That absolute legend with Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton kid. Yeah. Um, now it's time to talk about the ads, which took up 90% of the Game Awards. Yeah, yeah. With, which is really funny because I, uh, I watched a YouTube video before we started recording, and they squished every single ad into a nine-minute video. Jesus Christ. All right, good for them. Thank you. Thank I, you, whoever did that. I felt like the kid in the clockwork orange just with his eyes soon open. Just yeah. watching all of these trailers back and forth. It was crazy how many games they showed in such a short amount of time. Now, I, I mean, I'm going to let a little bit of my bias show, but like in previous Game Awards, I feel like every time they announced a game, it wasn't anything extravagant usually. Like, yeah, they'd have one or two really cool things to talk about, but for the most part, it was a bunch of things we knew about, maybe a couple of release dates, but again, things we knew about. 
I don't feel the same way about the games that were introduced this in this year's Game Awards. I think they had a lot of amazing stuff that they did. Oh yeah, there is a lot I'm excited for, but I think you're absolutely right. I, I was not overly hyped for anything on this list. Like, we didn't get any Tears of the Kingdom news, which I didn't expect us to, but I was expecting a game of that caliber to be announced during the Game Awards. Well, look, I uh, I don't want to be misconstrued. There was a lot here that I was excited about. Oh, yeah. No, there's a lot that I'm excited about. All right. So here's how we're going to do this, because how many things were announced at the Game Awards? Like 20? I think it was, yeah, about 20-something. Let's do, let's each pick f- uh, four of our favorites, okay? Each of us pick four of our favorites, and then we'll start shouting out some of the other cool things, right? Yeah. So in no particular order, you mind if I go first? Absolutely. Let's talk. About Hades fucking 2. Yeah, I knew this was going to be your first game. Yup, yup. Oh, you know it, dude. You know it. In fact, I just picked up Hades for the Switch, too. Nice. So so now I own this game on three fucking consoles. Hey, that's me with Binding of Isaac. Oh, roguelike. Another roguelike. Yes, another roguelike. You just got to have them for everything. Okay, Hades 2 is fucking crazy, right? So first of all, Nobody even saw Hades 2 coming. Like, this isn't something there were a lot of rumors about. Completely came out of fucking nowhere. I didn't even know how the story would end because, spoiler alert, Zagreus figures out after you beat Hades in the roguelike, right? You figure out that Zagreus can't leave, right? He can't actually leave. uh, What is it that Hades Um, is the dominion over? Uh, the underworld. Just the underworld. I was about to call it hell, and I was like, that's not right. Hell with one L. Ah, creative. <laughs> Wherever Cerberus sleeps. Yeah. <laughs> but what we see instead is this girl, right, who actually kind of resembles Zagreus a little bit with the stuff in her hair and the weapons that we use. We get a cinematic trailer, and it's not long. It just has a short, brief little fight with this new female character we haven't seen before. But ends with us seeing Hades himself shackled to something in the overworld. What the fuck is going on? The plot thickens. Indeed! But that's just the thing is, I thought that was the end of it. I would have been perfectly okay if Hades was the end of it. Because that's the point of a roguelike, right? Is that you got that replay value. So, number one, I didn't anticipate us to get Hades 2. And even if I did, I didn't think it was going to be so fucking soon. Yeah, it, it's really weird when roguelikes get sequels because, you know, they're essentially made to be an endless loop of gameplay. Precisely. They keep giving you something and rewarding you as you keep going, right? Very little story, but it seems to be that this little roguelike is actually developing quite an interesting story. Well, you know, it's actually interesting you talk about the story because that's what makes Hades such a special roguelike. Is like So take another one of my favorite roguelikes, right? Like... Take Dead Cells. Like, Dead Cells is a lot of fun, but what keeps roguelikes like Dead Cells engaging is the gameplay. Because, yeah, there's a story, but it's not front and center. It's nothing to write home about. And then with Hades, honest to God, you would think that it won't have a lot of story either because it does the whole Greek god things. And how many iterations of that have we seen? Yeah. I mean, we, we've we seen a lot of it, and we already know the story of Greek mythology. Exactly. But Hades did it so fucking well they introduced the story slowly you meet these gods you learn more about you know how Zagreus came to be in hell with 1L 
H-E single hockey stick. (laughs) (laughs) Right, and what you find out, you find out so much, like that Nyx isn't actually his mother, that Aphrodite is his mother. Ooh, scandalous. Very scandalous, right? Like, you actually get a lot of stories out of Hades, right? Meeting the gods is an absolute pleasure. It's a lot of fun. My favorite is Artemis, by the way. Okay. What's Artemis the god of again? Yeah, I knew you were about to ask that. (laughs) Hunting. Okay, I was going to say hunting. She's a badass because it's like all of the other Greek gods are just like, oh, we party and we're better and we talk like this. And Artemis is like, I skinned an animal last night. (laughs) Who got the food? Artemis got the food. (laughs) It's just like, I don't care if I'm a fucking god. I got to hunt. And Mount Olympus just cheers. Mm -hmm. So there you have it. Hades too. Hades too. Uh, in the, in the vein of roguelikes, uh, we did get some dead cell news, uh, and I know you were a ironically fan of that. enough. Yeah, How, what do you think of the crossover from dead cells to Castlevania? It's interesting. It's very interesting, and honest to God, I didn't really know how to feel about it at first. Hmm. But then I thought about it more, and I was like, okay, dead cells really doesn't have a lot going on for it at the moment, like. It had DLC that came out. Like, there's still a dedicated fan base that loves Dead Cells, but back in 20... It came out in 2018. It's almost five years old. Wow, that's hard to think about. Yeah, it was It was a part of the 2018 craze that I love to talk about so much. 2018 was such a good year. Just for indie gaming, 2018 was unprecedented. Oh, yeah. Fucking phenomenal. Anyway, I was like, okay, so you got Dead Cells. I love Dead Cells. You got Castlevania. I don't know a lot about Castlevania, I know just enough to be able to say it's about vampires. It's where Richter <laughs> comes from. It's where, like, you've got, I don't know, what's the family name? Of Belmont. The Belmonts, yes. Yep. yep. All fighting against Dracula. It's interesting is all I can say. Yeah, and I, I had a little bit of experience with Castlevania uh, from my brother playing the side-scrollers, and then I even played Lords of Shadow later on. Um, I think it looks like a cool iteration. I'm just a little confused by it like why dead cells chose to pair with castlevania but i think it'll it'll probably turn into a fun roguelike it's gonna be really interesting to see how they like are they just starting a brand new story where it's like dead cells but with castlevania is it gonna be like a prequel where they introduce that it's been you've been a part of the castlevania world all along because vampires aren't really a thing in dead cells as far as i know huh interesting You know, so it's like... I mean, you do see the main players. Like, you see Alucard, um, you see Dracula. And so that kind of just leads me to believe that it's somewhere in the middle of the Castlevania lore. Mm -hmm. All right, so we went from Hades 2 and then you went into Dead Cells, but you never actually got a turn to tell me what is something you are pumped up about. Definitely Jedi Survivors. Right? Yes, that game looks awesome. Oh! This, I mean, I know that Fallen Order and all of those other Jedi Star Wars games, they make you feel like a Jedi, but this game really makes you feel like a Jedi, it looks like. So, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, you know that this is an extension of Fallen Order. Did you know that? I actually did not. Because you never got to play Fallen Order. True. So, the name of the character that we learn more about in um, Fallen Order is Cal Kestis, right? Cal Kestis was one of the younglings that actually survived Order 66 by fleeing, okay. right? Yeah. So I'm not going to give away anything that's too too spoilerly because I know I have my own personal rule of a month is a month, <laughs> you know. But 
I think that this is an exception because it's got a sequel coming out, so a lot of people are about to be introduced to Fallen Order. Because, like, if you haven't played Fallen Order already, which, by the way, it's the free game of the month now for PlayStation owners. Oh, nice. I think it's on Game Pass. Yeah. I should give it a try. So that game is, anybody can play it now. Hell yeah. So, yes, Jedi Survivor. We see an older Cal Kestis, right? Which is just fucking phenomenal because Cal Kestis is amazing. (laughs) <laughs> I love my ginger baby. <laughs> I'm really excited for a lot of the other different aspects to this. Like in part of the gameplay, you see Cal with two lightsabers. Then you see him with like a Claymore lightsaber. And so it really looks like you can change up the gameplay style to your own liking. And I mean, with how well received Fallen Order was, they're just going to be building on top of that. And I think that's actually a good point, is, like, when you take a game like Fallen Order that's got, like, everything, you've got a cool character, you've got a cool cast, a cool story, you get to customize your own fucking lightsaber. Oh, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Where do you take it from there? Well, I would say the answer is, number one, elevate the story to another different level, right? Because we all love Cal Kestis so much. And two, motherfuckers play Star Wars games for the opportunity to build your own weapons and play the way you want to play, right? Oh, absolutely. Think of Knights of the Old Republic, too. Yes. Like, weapons, right? Like, the amount of weapons you had and the custom uh, custom ability in that game was just incredible. Absolutely. I'm, I'm expecting the same caliber for Jedi survivors, especially being a continuation of one of the most acclaimed Star Wars games ever made. It's, yeah. So I'm... Yes, good call. Good call out. Definitely. So what's your next game? Okay, before I ask, uh, if you had a lightsaber, what color would it be? Ooh, I really like Mace Windu's purple lightsaber. But I I remember playing, um, oh God, what is it? It was uh, the one with with Darth Vader. Uh, You played as Vader's protege. Um, I cannot think of this game right now. But you could get, like, a black lightsaber in this game, and it had, like, Ooh. a white border around it. A I, dark saber. Yeah, dark saber. You actually cool. see that in The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You do see that in The Mandalorian from Gus Fring. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That fucking asshole. <laughs> God, that was crazy. What would your color be? Oh, Luke Skywalker green. Ah, uh, just the typical green? Not typical, my ass. <laughs> Listen, that green was specifically created so that it would not clash against the sky in the opening of episode six, okay? That is a special lightsaber. <laughs> Color coordinated. Anyway. All right, so what am I looking forward to next? Obviously, tons of great stuff here. I don't know if this is one I'm excited for. Let's talk about the re-release of The Last of Us Part 1. Uh, I was wondering if we were going to bring this up. It's going to the PC. Okay. It is going to the PC. I am excited about that. PlayStation has done this thing where they started off, they start off a game as a PlayStation exclusive, right? They milk it for as long as they can by getting They release many... it three times. <laughs> yeah. They get as many people to buy it as they can. And sure, it'll start to go on sale, but they keep it as a PlayStation exclusive for a while. Then, just when they think the property isn't making much money anymore, they allow PC to have it and begin the cycle of money again. I'm not going to lie. Genius business strategy. The cycle continues. 
But there's something that makes me extremely angry every time I see The Last of Us Part 1 for 60 to $70 again. <laughs> really makes me feel Come like on. we're in 2017 again. <laughs> literally, literally a 10-year-old game now. Literally, oh, shit, it is 10 years old. I was a bit off with 2017. 2013. 2013. 20, this game was released in 2013. Had the remaster come out for PlayStation 4 one year later. So it got its remaster not even a full year after it was released. And now it's being re-released yeah. again. So what's unique about The Last of Us Part 1 is we've actually already seen some people like play it and comment on it. And it's the same fucking reaction every time. Yeah, it looks better. That's looks, it. A, looks a little sharper. That's it? Well, yeah. I slapped the table. I'm fired <laughs> up about this. I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's it. I, I mean, you'd think they would at least add maybe like a new game mode, or like a survival horde type thing, or like some sort of new aspect to, you know, justify it being re-released for the third or fourth time. You know, it's hysterical, actually. Did you know The Last of Us has a multiplayer? I, I did, actually. You did know that? Yeah, yeah, Most my old roommate don't. used to play it. He, why? I, I have no idea. Oh, God. And he was, like, really into it, too. Really? Yeah, and it just it just never seemed to that is make a, sense. No, that is actually blowing my mind. I've never heard of anyone that actually liked The Last of Us's uh, multiplayer. Hmm. So, anyway, here's where we're at now. Yeah, they've re-released the game again. They're charging all that money for it again. And I love The Last of Us. You know I love The Last of Us. But I just don't know how I can support re-releasing a game that has nothing but updated visuals and putting it out for even more money than you originally sold it for 10 years ago. Ooh, speaking of that, did you see what's going on with Dead Space? No. So EA is the producer of Dead Space, and they are remaking it. It looks beautiful. I'm very excited for it. Comes out later this month in January, but they're charging $69.99 for the base edition and $79.99 for the deluxe edition on a oh game that is like 15 years old. <sighs> I just I have wanted to buy this game, maybe even pre-order it so many times, but then I keep looking at that price tag and I'm just like, fuck you, EA. I paid 50 bucks for this when I bought it over 10 years ago. Uh, just, first of all, for something like that, just wait three months and it'll be discounted 50%. But Absolutely. nonetheless, it's about the principle here. Like, make a new game. Come on. Okay. And, like, the same goes for The Last of Us Part 1. Again, it'll... What I do like about this is it'll once again yield so many hilarious videos of PlayStation fanboys destroying their equipment. <laughs> Can't wait. Right? Because, oh no, my precious exclusive went to your PC. And, like, what an exclusive to go to PC, too. Like, I mean, Horizon... Okay, yeah, I could, I could see Horizon going to PC from PlayStation, but, like, The Last of Us is made by Naughty Dog. Naughty Dog hasn't made another game for any other console for a long time. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, God of War was another one that went to PC. But what's funniest is actually the most outrage was because of the her when Horizon Zero Dawn went over. Of course, that was also the first time it happened. Yeah. So, which is probably why, but nonetheless. It's, it's still just weird to see such a close exclusive be branched out. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, 
My next game that I am super hyped about is Baldur's Gate 3. Okay. So this is a part of the Dark Alliance series. I, I believe so. It doesn't say Dark Alliance, but uh, this is D&D, Dungeons and Dragons lore. And uh, the first time we had a game, it was Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance, and that was like 2002 on the PlayStation 2. Then a few a few years later, uh, maybe like 2008 or so, it went to the 360 and PlayStation 3. Sure. And it was uh, Baldur's Gate 2. So now it's been over a decade since we've seen anything new Baldur's Gate. And, oh my God, you want to talk about a top-down RPG set in a fantasy realm? Baldur's Gate is the thing that cornerstone this market. Really? Absolutely. I am so excited. Uh, Baldur's Gate 2 didn't get a lot of reception, good reception. So I'm really hoping they kind of get back to their roots and why people loved the first Baldur's Gate. I don't know anything about Baldur's Gate. Oh, it's so fun. Um, I used to play this game a lot back in like elementary school, go over to a buddy's house every day. It had couch co-op. You got to pick from one of three people. You could be like this archer human. You could be a strong hand dwarf or you could be like a sorceress. And ah, just the lore behind the D&D aspects of it is incredible. Okay. Well, right on. Definitely. I I don't have too much to say about that because they didn't really show anything from this game. Well, that's the thing about all of these is like, unless it was something that was already previously available in some capacity, like they got to get through these as quick as they can. They they got 14 of them to show between awards. Yeah, precisely. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I want to talk a little bit about Forspoken. So we got a little bit more about Forspoken in another one of our hashtag Game Awards ads, right? <laughs> hashtag Game Awards ads. Do you remember when we first brought up Forspoken, when it was like first dropped, how negative I was being about the game? Yeah. And then over time, I've slowly began to sing a different tune. Definitely. I think I'm finally at the point where I'm excited about Forspoken. Hey, you got there. I, I got there. You got there eventually. I look. I mean, when I think about why I was being so negative of Forspoken in the first place, I'm trying to think, because I think it was, like, a good amount of, like, games. The whole... We were still talking about how the open world aspect was just being incredibly overused because of the popularity of Breath of the Wild, right? Absolutely. This was about the time that Sonic Frontiers, we got the news that it was open world. We got the news about, like, just a ton of different open world games. And Forspoken, I was like, oh, look, another... Another open world game. Ugh. Finally, games are kind of getting back to, you know, I have nothing against open world games, but not every game needs to be open world. Sometimes it's nice to just have a pretty obvious path of where to go and then go fuck shit up. Hey, linearity is not the enemy. Exactly. So, originally I threw Forspoken aside, but every new piece of information we've gotten about Forspoken... I've been like, what the fuck is my problem? Because this looks exactly like the kind of game I really like. Number one, the more I see of Forspoken regarding like movement and fighting, the more impressed I am. I'm like, look how fluid this game looks. It does look really fluid and very flashy. Yeah. I like all the bright colors. But not like bad flashy. Kingdom Hearts 3 was bad flashy. <laughs> you don't know where you are in your position in space. You don't know what the fuck is happening. You just know you're having a good time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I feel like Forspoken is a little quick and flashy, but more from like a pragmatic standpoint of actually doing something. (laughs) It looks like it's going to be a lot more 
integrated into like gameplay so like you will feel like you're a badass not just for pushing the a or x button over and over and over like you're gonna have to time out combos you're gonna have to find weak spots yeah who knows maybe even some quick time events i've always said this quick time events are not your enemy (laughs) unless you're playing resident evil (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. or until dawn (laughs) oh yeah and until dawn definitely that game too or detroit become human that game has quick time events. Yep. Weird. Or, or God of War. God of War. Okay. You know what? Maybe quick time events are your enemy. <laughs> <laughs> They'll certainly set you back to the previous checkpoint pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, Detroit became become human uh, had a lot of quick time events, and it was life or death if you didn't get them. Oh, same with Resident Evil. Like you would be mid gameplay, and then all of a sudden there's a quick cutscene, and if you don't hit that trigger in time, then your head gets decapitated, and you got to do everything all over again. Right. Yeah. So. Anyway, back to Forspoken. Yeah, I've just been seeing a much different tune about it, and I think finally seeing it at the Game Awards and seeing everybody else excited for it, I think it finally, I'm like, you know what? I think this is going to be a damn good game. I'm intrigued. I'm sickened. I'm I'm curious. I'm intrigued, yet slightly aroused. (laughs) So yeah, Forspoken. I loved seeing Forspoken there. All right, what do you got next? Uh, looking for it on here, not seeing it, but I am very excited for Blood Bowl. This Blood Bowl? Is, this is like the, the f- only time you will ever hear me talking about a sports game. But, you know, speaking of like D&D lore of fantasy, this is set in the Warhammer universe. Warhammer 40k. Real? Okay, it's a Warhammer game. Yes. That explains it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of got in that vein, but it's not just your everyday football. You're out to murder the competition. So, like, somebody's got the ball, you shoot them in the face. <laughs> will the commissar... Will I Will I still need my primer? Yes, absolutely. Will the commissar shoot me if I don't have my primer? Oh, yeah, the commissar's the coach. If he sees you running on the field without your primer, he will take you out. <laughs> oh, that's... <laughs> Do you know how many times I've died in an only war campaign just because I didn't have my primer? Uh, six. Yeah, about. Yeah, about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give or take. <laughs> yeah, give or take. All right, well, that's exciting. I didn't know it was a Warhammer title. Yeah. Warhammer's always fun. Yeah, and, like, we haven't seen a Blood Blood Bowl game since, like, Xbox original, PlayStation 2. And so I'm, I'm really confused why they're bringing it back around, but... I am very excited about it. I will actually pick up a sports game for the first time in my life. Yeah, that's actually that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you got to check out the gameplay on that. It's it's a lot of fun. Um, I imagine it's going to be very similar to older Blood Bowl games where, you know, there will be that tactical uh, aspect to it where, you know, you want to set up your plays, you want to get the ball to the end of the field and everything. But how you do that is going to be so cool. It's going to be cinematic. There's going to be a lot of executions. Yeah. So fun. Right on. Yeah. All right. Next up. Here's another one I did not see coming. Death Stranding 2. Yeah. Yeah. Norman Reedus again. With a, Yeah. Um, here's why that's surprising to me. There's not a lot of games that are as like polarizing as Death Stranding. People either love this game or they hate this game. Have you noticed that? I have noticed that. The internet is very divided on this series. And I mean, look, we all love Norman Reedus. We've all watched The Walking Dead. We love Norman. If Daryl dies, we riot. Yeah, 100 fucking percent. (laughs) 
But even he wasn't enough to stop some people from saying some very mean things on Steam about Death Stranding. Well, those mean people. The mean people. Okay, seriously, though, with how long the game is, with given I don't know a whole lot about the story, but it's like Hades, too, Hades surprised me when it got a sequel because I really didn't see it coming and I was excited. I didn't see it coming with Death Stranding 2 either, but it was more like a, really? Yeah, that that really felt like a one-and-done series to me. Like, Norman Reedus was the highlight of that game, but I didn't... I wasn't sure if there was anything else there keeping players there to play. And Is that going to be the case this time? Like, is there actually substance to this? Or uh, is it just Norman Reedus' again, face? It just gets fired off so quickly at the Game Awards that it's hard to fucking tell. I have... Death Stranding is the one piece of video games. And that fans will genuinely look you in the face and go, you just have to give it 50 hours and then it gets really good. <laughs> it's just a small 50 you know, hours. One Piece fans are like, you just give it 200 episodes, bro. It gets so good. <laughs> it's a thousand episode anime. Over a thousand now, brother. Oh, gee, bus. Yeah, I'm only at episode 500. Good Lord, that's a commitment. It's It's been good. It's been good. <laughs> Yeah, Death Stranding 2. Very, very surprised. All right, what else you got? Uh, Back in the vein of Warhammer again, I'm looking forward to Warhammer 40K Space Marines 2. I I played the first Space Marines back on the 360, and yeah, you feel the power like a Space Marine. The Commissar, don't fuck with you as a Space Marine. You don't have to carry your primer. You just go around murdering everything you see. Well, yeah, because, like, what do you usually... When you're on the bottom rung, what are you? Like, what's your title? Uh, I think you're just a Marine, a Space Marine. Space Marine. Okay. Yeah, that's... I think you that's are just a Space Marine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, no, actually, no. Space Marine is is the big, big, bulky heroes. I was going to say... What are they called? Like, what were we when we were playing We're Only just, War? like, your average foot soldier that they send out into the far reaches of space nothing special about us but these these space marines they got big power armor suits they got big hammer weapons and they are just the most deadly of the humans troops and after playing the first one i can understand why like Mm -hmm. you felt the power behind every crushing skull I just really hope that they diversify into the Warhammer lore a little bit because we all know that Games Workshop likes to hold that death grip on this IP and they don't let sure. anyone tarnish it. Mm. But let's see more goblins that, you know, paint their asteroids red to make them go faster and they paint their guns red to make them shoot faster. Yeah. I, that's, I'm so excited for this. It looks very immersive. Do you get the melt gun? Probably. Melt a gun. I like the melt a gun. Yeah, that was. Except for the malfunctions, which happens a lot. And then you just blow your face off. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to use a fate point? <laughs> yeah. I guess. <laughs> since I'm missing most of my lower jaw. All right. Cyberpunk. Uh, Phantom Liberty. What do you think about that? Um, is it going to be as broken as the original game? I'm pretty sure it's just DLC. Just Phantom. You know, but so it's an addition. Look, even at the time. All right, let me make this comparison because there's a lot I have to say about this. I would say that Cyberpunk 2077 is more or less as broken as Pokemon Scarlet and Violet were when they released. In that, 
there's a lot of hysterical bugs, but actually a damn good g- game underneath if you can look past if some of that. If you can look past it. The problem is not everybody can look past it. And I'm like, fair enough. You know, just like I'm not going to give a, ga- a pass to uh, CD Projekt Red, I'm not going to give a pass to Game Freak either, right? You're million-dollar companies that developed amazing fucking games. I know you can do better than this. Oh, yeah. But since then, CD Projekt Red has honestly given Cyberpunk 2077 the one... Uh, what's the game we always talk about? No what? Man's Sky? No Man's Sky. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my brain's mush. The No Man's Sky treatment, right? Where obviously... Whereas No Man's Sky problem wasn't that it was glitchy, but just incomplete. Yeah. Right? There just wasn't anything there. But rather than taking that L, they made the game better. Yeah, they put in the work and they made the game what it was supposed to be. Cyberpunk's done the same thing, man. They've really they've worked it out. And what's great is like they still had the story, they still had the weapons. All of that was fine. It was just fixing the fucking bugs and the glitches <laughs> and the naked motorcycle T posing. Why did they fix that one? Yeah, they should have left that one in. That, that was one. A- that would have been a great Easter egg. <laughs> Imagine you're in a car chase, and you look behind you, and you're like, oh, sweet Jesus. Oh, sweet Jesus. There's a naked, T-posing <laughs> man. T-posing naked. <laughs> He's coming full speed. Balls flying in the wind. <laughs> you're like, oh, you know what? Just pull over. I'm done. <laughs> I, I give up. You got me. <laughs> so Phantom Liberty, again, not a whole lot here, but what we do know is that we're finally getting, like, a good piece of, like, story DLC for Cyberpunk 2077. And for those, like our good friend Peaches, who have held out for, like, just more about the Cyberpunk world, you're finally going to get it. Yeah, and, like, we don't give enough credit to the team at, at CD Projekt Red working on Cyberpunk because, yes, it was a shitty mess on launch. Oh, yeah. But they have put in the work, and, like, we have not talked about it much about how much this game has improved, like, start to finish. Mm-hmm. And, like, kudos. Now it's time to start. Now that you've fixed the game and most of its problems, now it's time to start expanding on it. In fact, I might have to give this game another playthrough pretty soon. I, I think I'm going to pick it up now. Like, especially, especially now that with, you can get it for $4. Yeah, like. <laughs> and it's got some good DLC coming, and I actually have a console that can play it. I built you a gaming PC three years ago. Yeah, and it's collecting dust. Oh, you motherfucker. I know, but how else am I supposed to hit 180,000 gamer score? Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, Let's each talk about one more thing we're excited about before we talk about some things I'm pissed the fuck off about. All right. All right. Um, I suppose I have a kind of a theme here. I'm going to go with Diablo 4. I'm really excited for the next installment of Diablo. Yeah. I don't even know why I gave you a chance to speak. I could have guessed what you were excited about. (laughs) It's all fantasy RPGs for me, man. And like, holy shit, you can sink countless hours into Diablo. So what do you think Diablo 4 is going to give you that the experience from the other three Diablos have not? Uh, hopefully a couple new classes to play. Um, it's going to expand upon the story a lot more with Azrael, I think. Mm. Um, I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to get into the whole lore behind Diablo because it's a lot. But I'm also hoping that they improve upon some of the crafting and enchanting aspects because... It, it always felt a little clunky and inconsistent when I'm trying to, like, 
enchant new weapons, make new weapons, add the runes in, and sometimes it doesn't work right when you mix the wrong kinds of runes. I I just like a little more seamless transition for your day-to-day town tasks. Sure. Other than that, gameplay and, like, monsters and lore, beautiful. It's just dripping with lore. Fair enough. All right. I feel like I can't be the PlayStation guy if I didn't talk about Horizon Call of the Mountain. Of course. Of course. So, right. Uh, Horizon is still pretty fresh in a lot of people's minds. Didn't do particularly well in the Game Awards themselves. No, it didn't. It didn't do very well at all. And what's really funny is, okay, you think about the first Horizon Zero Dawn, right? And this next one, this new one is called what? Horizon Call of the Call of the West or something? Call of the Mountain. Call of the... No, but like the sequel. Oh, uh, Forbidden West. Forbidden West, thank you. It was escaping me. <laughs> Do you remember what the first Horizon Zero Dawn was competing with in 2016 for Game of the Year? Wasn't it Breath of the Wild? Fuck yes. <laughs> You're damn right it was Breath of the Wild. Oh no, and now there's going to be a new Zelda game this year. But even at the time, right, like Horizon didn't take home Game of the Year, but they got a lot of good stuff still. Fast forward to Game Awards 2022, six years later, which is scary to say, by the way. Yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> oh, time is an endless like, marching madness. All right, we've got a brand new game. We're really excited about it. What do you mean God of War Ragnarok is here? What do you mean Elden Ring is here? <laughs> what the fuck is Stray? <laughs> what, where did the cat come from? <laughs> oh, well, come on. Don't we get an award? So, because of that, Horizon Forbidden West took home Diddly Squat. Yep. From the Game Awards. They took home a, a happy face. That's what they took home. <laughs> And I know it's a good game, man. I just feel so bad for these guys. If they released any of these games one year earlier or later, they'd fucking have it. Fucking nail it. They would be game of the year, but no. It Takes Two (laughs) won game of the year last year. Could you imagine if this competed with It Takes Two? I mean, it would have been a much sturdier competition. (laughs) So anyway, in a time where Horizon fans are feeling a little inadequate, It was nice to see that we can already expect some stellar DLC from Call of the Mountain, right? Just a little bit more of the adventure with Aloy, because Aloy is one of my favorite fucking video game characters ever. I absolutely fucking love her. All right? I love everything. I love her character. I love who she is. But I also love the conversation that we have about Aloy in gaming. Use your memory for a second. Do you remember when we talked about that stupid fucking Sigma male on Twitter that tried to (laughs) feminize Aloy's features and be like, these developers don't know how to make real women. And we were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What do you mean real woman? Like, Perfect makeup and perfect skin. I'm like, where the fuck would she have gotten that? She lives in a robot dinosaur world. (laughs) So I love Horizon for what it is. I feel so terrible that the fans got snubbed in the last Game Awards. And the reason why I didn't say anything is obviously I'm a God of War fanboy. <laughs> and I'm just like, ah. Uh. But no, now they find uh, Call of the Mountain, more DLC, more more of a chance to see Aloy. That's exciting. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think Horizon gets enough credit just because they choose the most unfortunate launch dates. Seriously. But this is like a really good game. This is some of the best games you will 
ever play in this series. 100%. All right. There's a lot of things that came out. We can keep talking about things we're excited about, but I have a question to kind of kick us off with towards the ending. What pissed you off? <laughs> um, more Among Us news more, pissed me off. Yes, more Among Us news. The fact that they showed Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Like, oh, come on. We... The game's already out. Why are we getting a trailer for it at the Game Awards for Modern Warfare 2? I mean, just in case you people have fucking forgotten, Call of Duty is doing so shitty right now that we're literally using titles for the game that we've already used. And they're just hoping no one notices. Right. And I don't mean shitty from, like, a sales perspective, because obviously that's fine. Oh, yeah, no, Call of Duty's never suffering. Right. I mean just from, like, a creativity, actual fun-to-play standpoint. I have not heard a single person, like, write home about this Modern Warfare 2 yet. Not a single person like, hey, you should play the new Call of Duty. It's very good. No, and, like, I, I just feel as though every Call of Duty fan is just kind of pot committed at this point. They will buy the next iteration of Call of Duty because that's what all of their bro frat bros are playing, you know, the next year. They're going to be playing Call of Duty with them, and they got to keep up with it. But it's the same damn thing over and over and over. And now we're even seeing that in the titling of the game. Exactly. All right, here's another one. Destiny 2 Lightfall. How much longer is the Destiny 2 franchise going to keep its fucking fan base on these leashes for? As long as there's seasons and payable content. I have never seen, except maybe World of Warcraft, I've never seen a game with less gratifications to give to its player base, and yet they still keep coming back for more than Destiny. Oh, yeah. No, it is the ultimate grind. And I don't understand it. Like, I swore almost two or three years ago, my buddy who was big on Destiny was talking about Destiny 3. And here we're still getting new content for Destiny 2, like six years later. Right. Which... Okay, here's the cool thing. It is so cool to get more content for a game that you already own. Instead of pulling an Overwatch and just being like, hey, I know we have no new content and no new ideas, but we're going to make a new game because we want more money. Yeah, but Destiny is a different monster entirely. Right. Like, it is it is overplayed, overdone, and overcontented. Yeah, I just, I can't get behind it, man. I just really can't. And I've been saying this for years. I'm not a new hater. Oh, I have always hated Destiny. I have never been a big fan of it. All um, right. I do want to say this isn't something necessarily bad about the Game Awards, but shout out to Crash for making his own Smash Bros. game Crash because he didn't get the invite. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. Is there really enough here to keep, like, in the Crash Bandicoot franchise, like, the reason why Smash Bros. fucking works is because every character has their own game and their own, like, and are in their own way iconic, right? And Nick Allstars, even Nick Allstars and Multiverses can say the same thing because you got all these characters from different franchises that are in their own ways iconic. Name one enemy besides Cortex from... Crash, the Crash Bandicoot series. I I really can't do it. Like, I think there's a total of maybe 18 characters in this entire universe. Can you name Crash Bandicoot's sister? Uh, Tiny? No, Tiny. Tiny's an enemy. Yes. I remember Tiny. Um, no, I can't. Coco. Coco. Exactly. So, 
you besides the main character, right, whose name is on the box, so it'd be embarrassing if you didn't know that. And be honest with me, did you know Cortex? Oh yeah, I knew Neo Neo Cortex. Okay. But other than that, like, uh, who's going to be like, oh, Ripper Roo, my favorite? I remember Ripper Roo. Yeah, you better. He's the first boss from the first Crash game. God, I hated that kangaroo. <laughs> Fuck that guy. But, yeah. And, you know, Crash has really followed in Mario's footsteps. Like, there's Crash Team Racing, one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just it never did as well as Mario Kart. Now we've got Crash Team Rumble, which in essence, kind of looks like a Smash Bros. clone. I'm not 100% sure since it was a cinematic trailer, but Crash is doing the same Mario footstep again. Look, there's some of these games that actually managed to do a decent job, right? Like Multiverses did Multiverses did really great. Nick All-Stars, I hated Nick All-Stars. It had potential. It had a lot of potential. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't think this is going to be successful. I don't either. I think there are going to be a very select few amount of 12-year-olds out there that get really excited when they open this game for the first time, but then they're quickly going to play a better game. Right. All right. uh, Last question before we start to wrap this up. What is your new favorite IP that was announced at the Game Awards? Ooh, my new favorite IP... Um, I don't know if this is necessarily new, but I'm very intrigued in Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League. Ew, why? I don't know. I love DC. I love superheroes. And I, I really love the continuation and exploration of the Suicide Squad saga because it's really interesting watching the villains. Well, let's hope their video games are better than their movies. Yeah. Let's hope it's on the same caliber, caliber as their animated shows because then it'd be good. I have a really unpopular opinion, but I don't think Jared Leto did that bad of a job as the Joker. No, I don't think he did a bad job (laughs) as the Joker. I just think he wanted more than he got. Oh, that's Jared Leto for you. What else did we expect from Mr. Morbius himself? (laughs) Fair. Very fair. Are there any new IPs coming out that you that really pique your interest? It was it's hard to say. Um, Transformers Reactivate looks interesting. Yeah, but how many times have we had a Transformer game and it was just an utter disappointment? See, but those Transformer games were like following the story of a movie or something that just came That's out. true. That's very true. Where it's like Transformers Reactivate looks like there's... When was the last time you saw Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. <laughs> Running through the woods from Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I don't know, it's like, okay, hey, maybe instead of taking all of our fucking story from a movie... Maybe we should make a story. Which, fucking duh. That makes sense with Transformers. I mean, you have had a show in the 80s. You have had countless releases of toys, a buttload of movies. You have a universe to work Mm -hmm. off of. Make Make your own story. Hell, make some of your own characters, even. Yeah. Like, fuck. The sky's the limit here. You want to make any type of new car that's available? You want to make a Tesla Transformer? Fucking do it. Can you make a fucking Autobot? Like, one of the good guys that's also transforms into a plane. It was always cars. And all of the cool planes were always the Decepticons. <laughs> like Starscreamer and all that yeah, stuff. Starscream yeah, Starscreamer was awesome. Well, see, the Decepticons knew that the battle doesn't just take place on the ground. It takes place in the air, the sea, the land. I don't know how they haven't won already. But cars go vroom. But cars go vroom. <laughs> No, I I think what would be really cool for a Transformers game would be you get to make 
your own transformer. Oh, like that's an interesting concept. You start out with maybe a model of a car, and then you you build like, okay, what weapon do you want? Do you want a yeah. rocket launcher? Do you want a sword? And then you just kind of develop the personality and the you know appearance of the transformer yeah. along the way. That could be something. I think that'd be great. Instead of just giving it the cut and dry, this is Optimus Prime, and there goes Star Screamer, and all Bumblebees on the way too. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think it could be good though. And I mean, the other thing working against them is like the joke always was, you know, oh, did Lincoln Park drop a new album? Well, unfortunately, Chester Bennington is dead. So, yeah, I know. Sad. I'm very sad. Yeah. I was in Mexico when that guy died. Oh. It made the margarita taste just a little less good. Yeah, a little saltier. Yeah, it's just... You know, come to think of it, I hate margaritas. <laughs> Why am I drinking this? And that's about it. Um, there were a few other smaller things to note from the Game Awards, but we hit the biggest stuff, and I mean, if we talked about every little thing... Hellboy hear. looked good. Final Fantasy sixteen looked all right. I'm but... excited for sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of good here, and we just don't have the time to cover it all. So why do you think this batch of ads at the Game Game Awards was actually better than what we've seen in the past? Why do you think that is? Do you think they actually listened to us and wanted to make some better stuff? What do you think? I think they showed a lot of uniqueness at this Game Awards. It wasn't endless JRPGs. It wasn't a bunch of shit we already knew about. It was things we haven't seen before. Mm. And it was, you know, new creative worlds like the Hellboy world. We've never seen a Hellboy game. It may, yeah. It's probably not going to be good, but at least it's new <laughs> and unique. But at least it's new. It's got a cool art style. Yeah. So I, I think that's what really did it for me with the Game Awards this year. Interesting. And like they didn't, nothing I feel like they showed at the Game Awards is going to make it to the Game of the Year docket. But that's what makes it great, is those are a bunch of games that, you know, the mainstream media is not going to play. And so there's going to be a bunch of really hidden gems in here. Well, you got to keep in mind, too, that 2023 Game Awards. Well, we already know who's going. Yeah, I was like, Tears of the Kingdom's probably going to win. I can, I obviously haven't played the fucking game yet, but I can already tell you. Yeah, namesake alone, probably. Unless Elden Ring 2 comes out with yeah. a steel chair. <laughs> and just swoops the show. Oh, my God. There'd be an actual war at the Game Awards. Yeah, I mean, God of War Ragnarok is one thing, but you put up Zelda. And it loses? Oh, <laughs> that would be the upset of the century. Underdog for life. Yeah. All right. Well, another successful Game Awards has come and gone. I'm very excited about 2023. I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be a good year for gaming. Mm-hmm. And before we sign off for the day, I want to shout out again. Make sure you hit up that link in our description below. Check out the Smash Tournament if you're in the area. January 21st at the Hale Varsity Club. Be there. Be there. All right. Well, that's about it for the day. So uh, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your Game Tea. Bye. Bye. A Huda Media Production.